From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hello, hello. It's Elizabeth here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Discerning Marriage Podcast. So we have another discernment story today. You guys know by now these are my fave, but this one is really especially close to my heart because this is a dear friend of mine. So today we're joined by Maggie Eckberg. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Elizabeth. (laughs) So Maggie and I met at a Theology of the Body Institute immersion course, which I haven't talked about a lot on here, Um, but I I am the director of programs with my husband at the TOB Institute, and we run these courses, and Maggie came on one of them. And it was one of those really cool God moments that are just kind of hard to explain in hindsight, but are really cool when they happen in real life. I hope you've had some of these sorts of things happen to you, but we became just fast friends. I mean, it was the coolest, fastest friendship situation I have ever had in my entire life. It's like, we've known each other for years, but then the more that we do the whole, like, you know, normal new friend, getting to know you stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, that's so much like me. Oh yeah. That's so much like me too. Oh my gosh. Like what you're saying is so what I needed to hear. It just has been the most beautiful blessing of the last few months. So, um, anyway, the more I learned her story though, about when she was single and then dating and engaged to her husband, the more I realized I had to share her story with you. I've honestly never heard anything like it. And I've heard a lot of discernment stories at this point. So I'm really pumped to have her here. And I'm so excited to get to introduce you to this new sweet friend of my heart. How are you doing, Maggie? Oh, thank you, Elizabeth. Such kind <laughs> words. I second all of that. You've been such a blessing in my life. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here awesome. <laughs> and I'm ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. So um, we're just going to get started. So how did you know that you were called to marriage? Okay. For me, I definitely knew at a very young age that I was called to marriage. I remember the strongest when I was in middle school, I, my heart was drawn to married couples and families. I'd stare at them in church and think like, Oh, someday that will be me. And the families that I would babysit for, I would ask, I would stay after when the parents came home and I would ask them about their marriage story and what tips they have and how they stay happy. (laughs) and how they work through troubles. Like I was fascinated by it. And I think part of that was also because I was aware of struggle and hardship that could come in marriage. I saw that among my classmates at school. I remember certain classmates going through um, their parents going through divorce and how it affected them at school. I remember being at a friend's house and her parents were yelling at each other through the kitchen window. And I remember Mm. standing there thinking, oh, there must there's gotta be a different way. This isn't how it's supposed to be. I don't think. And then my own parents went through their season of struggle, particularly around that time of my life, middle school, high school. And it got, it lit me, it lit a fire in me to be like, what is marriage supposed to be? How do you have a healthy marriage? And how do you pick the right guy? (laughs) And in seventh grade, I asked my mom for books on marriage. She was like, Oh my gosh, I love this so much. Again, so much like me. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I love it. One of the books that she got me, I only remember the name of one of them. And it was the ABCs of choosing a good husband. And it's just such a dorky little name, but I, it is still at my parents' house. My sister has confirmed for me. Um, I love it. But I would eat it up, eat it up and eat it up in prayer. Like, okay, God, is this how you do? Okay. How do I make sure I find a guy like this? And okay. How do we make sure we treat each other this way and that? And anyway, so I think my exposure and my paying attention to what my heart was drawn to, and then tapping into that 
learning about it, asking people about it who are already living it. And then also aware that there's hardship that comes with it, but not letting Mm -hmm. that make me afraid of it, making me pursue how to handle that suffering that might come well. And little did I know that all of that plays a big role in my life. (laughs) that hand in suffering. (laughs) So man. Okay. Can you catapult into talking about the suffering now? Yeah, sure. Sure. So I had a beautiful child, a very happy, a very happy life. Um, and all of that, I just want to preface with that. But when I met my future husband, is it okay if I go into, into that area? Okay. When I met my, at that time, my future husband, he's my husband now, obviously. Um, (laughs) but when I met Jacob, I was, in a very dark place in my life. And I was 22 years old and I've been coming out of two years of questioning my faith, questioning God, questioning his goodness. Um, Is this all just so much struggle and so much pain that came from certain events um, surfacing in my life, things that happened in my past that I hadn't dealt with and also things that were presently happening that just made me wonder, God, are you really there? And do you really want the best for us? And it's really the darkest time of my life. I've had suffering since then, but the suffering I've had since then, I involved God with in, mm. I involved in. in that time. Yeah. In that time, I never fully let go. And that's was a really important piece there. I still talked to God, but not in the same way. I'd go to church and I'd have my arms crossed and I wouldn't engage. And I'd be like, are you even really there? Are you like, yeah. what are you even up to? And I had prayed so much. And I'll add this. I forgot when I was in middle school, my mom, that's when she first told me, you know, you can pray for your future husband. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? That's wild. You can pray for that person. (laughs) And then she'd she'd add in, okay, well, pray for your vocation because you might not be called to marriage. And I remember being like, wait a second, mom, I'm definitely called to marriage, but (laughs) I listened to her as any good child. And so I took, was taking that to prayer. And I, I feel it's important to add this in. Because since middle school, I had been praying, oh, avidly for my future husband. And then I'd throw in, well, God, I pray for my vocation too, because mom says I have to, but I mean, I'm called to be married, right? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) I wanted this bad, like, come on, God. (laughs) And um, anyway, so those, this is years and years of offering up so much dishes, basketball practices, volleyball practices, tests I didn't want to study for years and years thinking, well, maybe my husband's going through this too. And I'm going to pray for him before I'd go to bed. I'd ask my guardian angel to go to my husband's guardian angel, and give him a sleeve. And, um, and all, it brought me so much comfort in different and just for my life as well. Anyway, so I'm 22 years old now to go back to where I was. And I was just struggling with so much with my faith also hadn't met the man that I wanted to marry. And I just couldn't get why. And, um, I said a prayer to God that, you know, I've been praying for my future husband all this time. And just, you know, what a wreck I am and you better not bring him into my life right now because I am in no state to be the woman I need to be for my future husband. Mm. And I think it's so cool because we all think we know all the things so often. And God's like, Oh, sweet baby girl. (laughs) And he's like, I've got, I have a different plan for you. Meeting your future husband is exactly what you need to come back to the heart of Jesus. Mm. And that's exactly what happened in meeting Jake. I was in such a, such a place of despair. And, and it was in meeting him that, um, I was brought back to the heart of Jesus. Absolutely. There's a lot more to be said there, but <laughs> wow. Um, wow. yeah, that's beautiful. So talk to me about kind of your dating um, and then 
the like the the more discerning y'all did of marriage and how you came to decide to marry each other? Yeah. So once we met, we started dating pretty quickly after we met. And um, like, how we did just you meet? Back up. How did you meet? Yeah, we met. I, I, my, my childhood best friend lived in Indiana at the time, and she was in town, and we we're going to celebrate her birthday. And she and I went out to a local establishment, to a bar, and we were like, <laughs> some good girl time. And anyway, while we were there, Jake, my Jake was there with his friend, and his friend took a liking to my friend, and they were talking a lot, and I was really. A little upset, like you came from Indiana. We're supposed to be having girl time, and yeah. I get. And if we really wanted girl time that badly, we could have stayed home in our pajamas on the couch. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so they were talking so much that Jake and I started talking out of obligation, really, because both of us were bored. Our other friends were talking, <laughs> and so it wasn't like a love at first sight thing. It was a um, just chatting to chat. And because I wasn't looking to impress him in any way, and I definitely wasn't because I had blunt bangs and apparently like <laughs> he didn't like the, I had a blunt bob with bangs that I was trying. And I guess that wasn't his favorite hairstyle. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, both of us were like, yes, we just met the person that we're going to spend our life with. It wasn't oh, like that. It. So it was just harmless chatter to kill the time while our friends were talking And, um, there was a point in that conversation where I realized, oh my gosh, I've been talking to this guy about my family, my brothers Mm. and my sister for 30 minutes. And he hasn't made me feel weird. He's been listening and he's asked me questions to probe further. I'm like, who is this guy? (laughs) Why does he even care at all about what I'm saying about my family? And he's asking questions. Um, and that's when I first had the I just remember his face exactly when I had that thought of just who is he? And, um, and from that point on, shortly after that, we ended up being like, well, maybe we exchange numbers. Um, and um, (laughs) it just unfolded from there. We hung out just a few days after that, we went to a Cubs game, a baseball game. So fun. um, did anything happen with your friend and his friend? No, but oh we made gosh. them walk down. We made them walk down the aisle for our wedding ceremony. You know, they were such good because we all oh. laugh about it. But yeah, it's so funny awesome. they talked and talked and then nothing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then y'all got married. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. y'all are dating. How did you decide to marry each other? Okay, that was a long. That's a long journey. That was a long journey. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a lot there. Um, so I'd say first, obviously, no. Um, hmm. Where do I start with that? So I knew he was good and different off the get-go, which is what I just explained to you, that there was something very uniquely special about him. And um, and in our dating journey, I think the first year was probably pretty typical, but it was on our 11th month anniversary of our dating, our, you know, which is a really big deal. Every month is a big deal. It dating. is a big deal. Absolutely. That's when, yeah. That's when I got a phone call that evening that um, I received a diagnosis that I do in fact have cancer, which is something Mm. that I was worried about that was on my mind at the time that led me to seek out medical care to, because I was curious about what was going on with me. Um, But yeah, 11 months into our relationship, that's revealed. And just to focus on the dating part, I had told Jake, I loved him, but he hadn't said it back to me yet. I'm going, oh, so vulnerable. Goodness. I can't wait to call up this guy who hasn't said he loves me yet to tell him, Hey, I've got cancer. I'm going to start chemo in a few weeks. You want to still date me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> bless your heart. And uh, I said, well, 
And I, I said, all right, God, well, this is going to be it. He's either supposed to be with me during this or he's not. So I did the hard thing. I called him. I told him over the phone. I didn't want to make it dramatic and in person. I just, cause I didn't know if he'd want to see me after, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Another, he just, um, he showed me as he so often does still to this day, he stays calm and steady and takes the next step forward. And that's how he was. He said, okay, what's the next step? And it's like, oh, you don't want to, you want to stay in this relationship? I flat out told him, I'm like, you have a free pass, run. I totally, I totally understand, <laughs> run. Like, I get it. I, I know that we're not even, you know, we're still pretty fresh and all this and, and everything. And he said, no, I'm, I'm going to be there. And he came to every single chemo treatment oh. on Wednesdays that I, he left work early for that at the time, now that I understand his work, that was a massive sacrifice. One that I didn't even know the degree of at the time, mm. chemo treatment, he was there. And then he would go and cook dinner for my family after so that my oh. parents didn't have to worry about it. And, oh and again, right. Like how I was that night I met him, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I think in this, I had the unique gift of seeing who someone is in the face of suffering. And and I think it's just who is whoever you're dating or interested in or, or all that. How do they handle adversity? How do they handle when things don't go their way? And I saw that over and over in him that this man is good. This man doesn't run in the face of trouble. He might be a little emotionally stunted. I say that with love, but he really struggles <laughs> with sharing his emotions. And he knows he could be right here and he'd, he'd laugh with me. <laughs> um, but, oh, did he know how to show love? And he never, he, he didn't ever get afraid and run. And, um, through that, it was just, it was a beautiful gift, which some people, it might be hard to see it that way, but that being able to go through that suffering together was a, a beautiful gift that was given to us by God. And it revealed to us what we're capable of before we even made vows. And we also had to face the realities of after chemo that, um, but they thought I couldn't have kids and we had to understand that if we're going to pursue marriage, that that's a part of it. And, um, that's a cost we might have to bear and just really serious things that we had to talk about before even being engaged. Um, also your significant other seeing you bald with no eyebrows and no hair is hold it. You know, that's a whole nother, yeah. a whole nother level of love too. And, um, yeah. And so that was in a nutshell, the, the, that cancer part of the journey. Um, and when we, after my chemo, my last chemo was January of 2010. And after that, that's actually when a lot of things came to the surface, all of the wounds and brokenness we were carrying actually came to the surface after that. I think the chemo was a, it's fight. We got to fight. We got to stay together. Both of us had good hearts. So we were able to, you know, stay together and power through when that's done and you take that sigh of relief and you're like, whew, no more chemo. Okay. And then you, it's like, you look at each other. Maybe it's how some people feel after their kids go off to college and they have an mm. empty home. I don't know. Like, the, oh, okay. We did it. <laughs> we made it through the teacher. <laughs> and um, then I, in my own certain areas of immaturity, the fact that he still wasn't saying the words, I love you were boiling something up in me, even though oh, he, showed yeah. me, he showed me time and time again, but he was carrying his own things. And it was very hard for him to express the words, but he could show it well. And for me, um, I had a life of people knowing how to show love well, but maybe not express it. And mm. I was hungry, 
hungry for someone to be able to express it. And I was looking to Jake to fill, to heal that wound. And I mm-hmm. wanted him to be exactly who I thought I needed instead of looking at him for who he was and loving him for that and loving him there and going on that journey with him. Instead, I was just like, well, you don't say this and you don't say that and you know about those things. Mm. And, um, and so it led to me, um, we started talking about that. And then during that time, while we're talking about that and it's causing some contention, a friend of his says, uh, you know, if you get married, I wasn't there for this, but if you know, if you get married, you got to raise your kids Catholic, right? Because I, I don't think I mentioned yet, but he was raised Baptist. So okay. like, you got to raise, you got to raise your kids Catholic. Well, he comes to me and says, is this, is that true? Do I have to raise my kids Catholic? And I was like, Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love my faith and this is great. So, so on board. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that mm-hmm. very honestly. And, and, um, and I understand being in his position. And so with the emotional struggle that we were having and then that being brought, this is the first time us having different faith backgrounds came to a head that we realized we need to take, we have to separate. So, and this is weeks after my last chemo. And, but I thought I was so certain in that maybe he was in my life and maybe I was in his life for the chemo journey. Maybe that's what I pray to God. Like, is that why that makes my heart want to break into a million pieces, God, but is that what it's for? We call it the marriage. What is it? Because we took marriage so seriously, um, both of us, we said we got to separate and he was going to take time to think about the faith piece and, and, um, and just where we're at emotionally and things. And I would do the same. And, um, so we broke up for about a month and a half, which by the way, if you're deep in love, uh, that is <laughs> That's like 10 we years. Also, yeah. We also didn't do like, <laughs> um, what is it? Isn't there a friend's episode with the breaking up and the calling and that? I don't even it just <laughs> like a friend's episode in there, but, um, I said, we're not going to do this thing where we call each other. Like if we're, if we're breaking up, we're doing this. We're really breaking up. So there's no texting, no calling. And it was just, it was agony, especially because one of the days he pocket called me, but I didn't know that. So I saw his name come up on my phone and I started going, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's going crazy. What's he going to say? And then I waited for voicemail because I didn't have the courage to answer. And then all it was was static. Oh (laughs) man. But anyway, so about a month, and a half later, it's around my birthday. So we're at like March now, he calls asking if he can take me out for my birthday that he's had time to think and he's ready to talk. Am I ready to talk? We go. So I thought, okay, I agreed. And when I get out of the car and I meet him, he's standing in front of this restaurant called the clubhouse. And I see him standing there with his winter coat. Cause it's still very cold in March in Chicago. Um, and I just felt like I could burst into tears yet I felt like I had so much peace at the same I looked at him standing there and it was like we've been through so much pain I have no idea what you're going to say to me because I don't know what you've been thinking the last month and a half but something here is telling me go to him Mm. go to him love him and and think recommit yourself to him and three words that a priest told me once in a in a confession that have stuck with me when he was saying, recommit yourself to Jesus, but that's in all things in our marriages and our friendships and all that. I I recommit myself to you, patience, love, understanding. And I repeat that Mm. myself a lot, even to this day, it helps me a lot in in my marriage and all that. 
but I re- and so just looking at him there, it was that I didn't use those words at the time. That's exactly how it felt. My walk to, I recommit myself to you with patience, love, and understanding. And I felt like my angel was with me. Obviously my angel was with me, but it's that feeling like, Oh, I'm okay here. However, whatever he says to me, I'm going to, it's okay. And so uh, we go in and we have an over three hour dinner talking a sad, but hopeful because it wasn't, he wasn't coming to me to say you want to break up. And at the end of the dinner, the waitress says, cause the, they had to close. So we had to go. <laughs> the waitress um, gives Jake his credit card back and says, thank you, Mr. And Mrs. Eckberg. And <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And both I asked him last night, cause I said, I don't want to tell a single mistruth on this podcast. Do you remember them saying that? And he goes, absolutely. It was so crazy. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it was like, what? Um, and we go in the car after, cause we weren't done talking, but had to let them close the restaurant. And then he, that's where he says, okay, there's a couple of faith questions and things I need to, a few things I need to ask. And as we got discussing those, some of them, I realized some I could answer right away and some I couldn't, but we both agreed there that we have more similarities and differences mm. and that we're going to be okay. And it's not worth breaking up over. And then, um, that got me. So in that moment, we said, we're doing this. We're, we're committing here, not engagement yet, but we're committing here and we're doing this and, um, let's keep stepping forward. That also is what got me started on. I wanted to be able to answer his questions about the Catholic faith. And that's the first time I started to research it on my own, not because the teacher told me to, not because parents told me to, and oh my gosh, if you start researching that from trustworthy sources on your own, I'm like, this is my faith. (laughs) You kidding me? And then I look around like, do other people know this? (laughs) It's so so beautiful. It makes sense. And it makes so much sense of suffering. And for me, I have such a heart for those who suffer and what it's like to go through it and the meaning it provided me and the lives of the saints and the, oh, so that's where I say he, he, my, the person who at time in my life, when I had my checklist of the perfect man, if I had found out he maybe was of a different faith background, I wouldn't have even talked to him when I was a certain stage in my younger life. Sure. Look at that. God creates good out of anything we can't mm-hmm. make. I feel like we couldn't, can't make a wrong choice to a degree because I feel like God says you choose him. Okay. He's not Catholic, but watch me still watch me move here. Watch me bring good out of this. And yeah, that's exactly who I'll use to bring you closer to me. So where I might've written him off at a younger time of my life when I was had my checklist. <laughs> so I just love that too, how God surprises me in that way. Um, and he's so creative and he can move anywhere. And some, you know, like sometimes I forget that. So um, yeah. Oh, but beautiful. <laughs> Such an incredible story. So how soon after that did you guys get engaged? And then how soon after did you get married? It was a whole nother nine months until um, we got engaged, which to me feels long with all that we had been through, but for sure. um, still a lot of room for growth. I think for couples, it depends how much you've, um, how whole you feel and how yes. um, I think, sure. it is, yeah. And sure. um, we both had never uh, dove into places that in our lives that made us feel unwhole before. So we had a lot of work to do. And still, even after we got married, it made our first year of marriage uh, challenging as well. We're uh, maybe more so than for other people, but for that exact same reason, it depends on the, deg- the degree to which you've healed your young heart. <laughs> so, Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we had more work to do there. And then um, Jake had, Jacob had a health scare with, um, 
these pan- real panic attacks that kept him hospital overnight at the mm. hospital several times that fall. So we got back together in March and now we're talking September. Mm. He started these episodes. And anyway, that was him. God can use all things for good, right? Being like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life? And then when the, they would come in, when I'd come visit or I'd stay, they'd always ask, is this your wife? Is this family? And he'd say, have to say, no, it's my girlfriend. And he told me like, that hit him like, why, do I, why is she my girl? Why is she just my girlfriend? Yeah. This is stupid. <laughs> this, is, this is the person I want next to me. Yeah, why can't I say it. yes to this? Yes. Yeah. And so for him, that's what, that's what drove it home for him. And then October, um, not October, Christmas Eve, he proposed uh, that. I love that. that Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Mm. I um, am just so struck even hearing the story again, how, um, so the, it's just the joy that came from all the suffering, so much suffering. Yes. And I think so many people think that the suffering comes later, you know, like when you say, when you mm-hmm. vow to in sickness and in health or for better or for worse, the sickness and the worse are kind of, um, amorphous potentials in the future, but mm-hmm. so many couples don't have the opportunity to get to, you know, commit to those things before they get married. And, and y'all did. And, I imagine it has made your marriage so rich and beautiful that you had those opportunities to show that kind of love even before you got married. There's a trust there, I think, of knowing that whatever comes, they really will be there because both of you had the opportunity to to care for the other one through really hard. Yes, and I got exactly. I got to be by his bedside in the hospital later on that way. Yeah. Um, And to just know that you're loved truly for who you are. we got an opportunity to see that to a whole different degree, like hospital bed, no hospital bed, hair with bangs or no hair at all, or this or that. <laughs> like it. <laughs> but like, I love you for, for you. And it's you that I want, not, not this external stuff. You know, that's just bonus. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. My goodness. Maggie, thank you so much. So, so mm-hmm. much for sharing. I am so grateful to have had you on and there's more that I want to share with my listeners. So I would love to have you on again in the future to talk about some other things. I love that. Yes. Thank I would love you that. so much. Do you have any yeah. thoughts for my listeners? Yeah, just, I would love you. to circle back quick to the healing, the young heart first, okay. just for a second. Um, Cause I think that that can be done at any time for me. It happened after I was already married really. Um, but uh, so don't discredit it can happen anytime, but Um, with that, I think in that, those wounds I was carrying with me, it made me desperate for control and desperate, Mm. um, make this person in my life be who I needed to make myself feel okay. And it was very unfair and it's to Jake and it was made our first year of marriage. I'll take ownership of being instrumental in it's both of us both, both had things, but I wanted him to feel those voids so badly that I was putting him up on this like God pedestal. I was making, I was wanting him to do what only God can do. And, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. And mm. I think we all, cause marriage will only make our, it will only bring all of our things that we struggle with to the surface. We think that, Oh, once I find love, everything will be perfect. Once you find <laughs> do love, think that. Find out everything that you struggle with will be brought to the surface and on display for somebody else. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But that's where, how it sanctifies us though, too. It's how it draws us closer to God. And that's the beauty in it. As long as you understand that with each other. Um, but just that healing and that do pay, do pay attention. And those of you discerning and whoever's listening, just that you do listen to what your heart is saying 
and what you're drawn to, whether that's religious life or marriage, there's a reason you keep watching or looking and observing certain people or reading certain books. Um, and yeah, and just seeking advice from those living the vocation you already are interested in. And then, yeah, attending to that young heart so that, um, cause when you tend to your young heart and you allow Jesus to redeem those moments with the help of, um, good, holy, qualified people, that's when you encounter the love of the father. And when you encounter the love of the father, as I can say, I have, it is so life-changing that there's no man or no woman on this earth who needs to be the one to heal your wounds. Cause you understand what it, you understand who the divine physician really is. And mm. it is the most comforting. You're okay. You're okay. You were okay. When that hurt happened, you're okay. Right now, however you choose to marry, or if you go into religious life, you're going to be okay. And God can turn all things into good. And I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is so good. I'm sure there are so many people who need to hear that. I would have needed to hear that when I was starting marriage. Yeah. I wish I had heard that when I was starting marriage. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> so thank you so much. It has been such a joy to have you here. Oh, God thank you. God bless you. Bye. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Maggie. It has been such a gift to have her in my life. And the more that I talk to her, the more that the Lord's just joy is made known in my life. And she has a wisdom that is just so special. And I'm so grateful that she got to share it with you. So I hope you loved it. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please subscribe and share it with other people. And if you enjoyed this, um, I will link Maggie has an incredible, um, and she's just, followed this incredibly brave, um, call that the Lord has put on our heart, this desire, um, to start a photography business. So I'll go ahead and link her Instagram in the show notes. So if you have questions, I'm sure she'd be willing. I didn't ask, but I'm sure she'd be willing to talk to you. If you want to send her a message or reach out or anything, I'm sure she'd be willing to do that. So I'll link where you can find her in the show notes. Um, and if you're interested in more from discerning marriage, I am on the Institute's YouTube channel and I have, I'm posting more now on our uh, Instagram account, discerning marriage. So you can find me there and until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The discerning marriage podcast is brought to you by the theology of the body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.